Dom started his Dom started his campaign. You know, my YouTube channel barely off the ground yet, Nibs, and Dom's already hell bent on driving it into the ground with his snarky <laughs> no, comments on my videos. Seriously, <laughs> Nibs, go and watch this video. Right, it's where him and his flatmates play this game called Fall Guys or something. Oh this was my the game. god. Man, my, my 13 and 11-year-old brother are obsessed with that game. Greg. Well, yeah, I've got to take advantage of the trends, Nibs, all right? You yeah, know, okay. Don't hate the player, hate the game, you know, all right? Did you know what it was before Lawrence like, started going uh, on about it? Yeah, well, right. only because I'd seen that, you yeah. know, I'd seen people play. Anyway, talking all his flatmates are playing this game, right? And Greg's just in the back going, go left, go right. Oh, <laughs> slow down. No, jump over. this. <laughs> every single one that comes in. He's like the ultimate backseat driver. You do not want to get into a car with him. He'd be like, no, no, take the next left. No, we've got to get off the roundabout now. Oh, oh no, pause. Oh, oh, my God, you're going too fast. Let's hope that's no reflection of your uh, trumpet tutoring. Uh, oh, it is. <laughs> I'm just like, shut up. No, no, bad. Stop, stop. Stop playing that. No. What have, what have you been up to, Dominic? What, what have I been up to? Um, you know, we were talking about the caption thing the other day. What well, I'm going to do... Uh, so what we want to do is we want to take the um, captions that you can generate captions on Teams and then it's better for like the SEO if you put the full transcript of our conversation. Well, Greg, I'm doing oh, it yeah? with artificial intelligence instead. Oh, oh, oh no. I, Mate, I, I, don't I, get me started on artificial intelligence just yet. That's for later on in the podcast, but I do not trust it as far as I can kick it. I would happily be careful, right. Dom. write up well, our okay. transcript. <laughs> okay. okay, all right. Hello, guys. You are listening to TW3. We highlight the world's insanities. We make fun of those that deserve it. And we tackle the fake news that plagues us. This week, I am joined by someone who puts a news story in a toaster and then forgets to plug it in. Nipsey! Hey. <laughs> and as always, our stalwart editor extraordinaire and fact checker in chief, Gregory Bush. That's me. Hello, everyone. And as always, I'm your somewhat mediocre host, Dominic Lane. So this week, oh, like that, Trump's wall gets tested. <laughs> Pixar gets one up. Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina. A man goes viral taking his grievances to the council. And we learn about robo-debts. We'll be right back with all this and more after the break. So, welcome back, guys. So, this week, uh, we thought we'd try something a bit different. Uh, we've got some videos. So, of course, you can find our content on YouTube or on our social medias, Facebook, Twitter, at TW3 Media. Um, but we're going to play some videos. Now, uh, this one, there isn't uh, any sound per se, um, but I will endeavour to describe what's happening as best as possible and then you will probably infer by the latter comments uh, in about 30 seconds time what's actually going on. So this one here for you gents, um, this week it's talking about the wall because this week a man climbed Trump's walls. Uh, sorry, Trump's wall. And he did it all with just a rope ladder. And it's gone viral on the internet. And now this news has given us this brilliant video um, of that occasion. So give it a watch.
and he makes it just look that easy. He literally throws a rope ladder up there and then just shimmies down the back of the wall. <laughs> and then, of course, Trump um, has been essentially be saying this is so impossible um and we'll just quickly get as the second guy now drops a rope ladder and just shimmies back down impossible Impo it, it impossible. really is virtually impenetrable so that so, <laughs> so i don't know it looked pretty easy to me, right? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, if you're if you're desperate to get over, I I, I reckon that's going to pose little to no obstacle to you. Exactly, it? exactly. So I I kind of thought about this, and I thought, actually, hang on a minute, I'm a bit of a rock climber, and that wall actually <laughs> looks really easy to climb up. So I did a little bit of research, and I came across this video from back in November, I think. Okay, so here's here's this. Video video uh that you That's can watch me rick he said he had 20 of the finest mountaineers in the world and they couldn't climb it nobody in the climbing community has a clue who these people may have been and <laughs> you never tell a rock climber that something's impossible to climb because we'll go out and try it so he built the replica and opened it up to any climber brave or foolhardy enough to take the challenge we thought we would set up the competition and give them a chance to uh see how well they could climb the wall so the climbers signed their safety waivers, made their preparations, and got a final set of instructions. You can heel hook the plate because there are gaps between the plates on the actual wall. And so they set off. But could they scale the unscalable, climb the unclimbable, or was Trump right? Was this beyond... Oops, I mean, there we go. Turns out, like most things Trump says, it's all... Bullshit. 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 <laughs> designing a wall. I don't think I could design a better wall to climb because <laughs> wonderful hand grips. The top plates are not welded together. So I mean, this, right, this, if you look at this, okay, this is just criminal, okay, because Trump has actually um, banged on about this whole top section is an anti-climb section. Okay, that's what yeah, he actually why? called. Because it's that's flat. what he actually, well, because it's flat. But then, why not build the rest of the wall flat? That's what I don't understand. Yeah, I don't. Because is this is the whole sort of slatted kind of thing I, just to like let light through? Is is meant to be less kind of you know imposing if it was, if it's if it, than a solid wall? If I, I may, but the reason it's not built point. solid is because. Yeah. It allows for wind to pass through, whereas if it was built solid, it would act like one big sail and it would need reinforcement on both sides. Right. Nibsy, okay. that is absolutely genius. Yeah, of course, it's great to have a guy who works in um, in construction around here. Yeah, <laughs> because that is absolutely... <laughs> because honestly, Nibs, all morning when I've been looking at these videos, I've been trying to figure out why. Why would you design it like that? And then, of course, <laughs> the wind... It's like the yeah, riddle no, has now been solved. But anyone who's <laughs> listening, essentially the wall has these, um, like it's like a fence basically. Except the top part of the fence has this like huge anti-climb. Well, not huge, but anti-climb wall. But then the problem is, is that between sections that they've put in, they haven't welded the sections together. So any rock climber can just grab. I mean, rock climbers need like a couple of millimeters, quite literally to yeah. grip onto in a rock. I mean, that is like uh, a handhold easy. Anyway, we'll just quickly carry on. It's uh, almost over, but you've just got to see this. 
Okay, admittedly, maybe not everyone can scale this wall. These climbers are clearly the best of the best, like the test climber who initially beat this challenge on a previous day. Lucy, you are the first person to have uh, ascended the wall? Yes. Oh, oh, hi. So, so you heard it here first. An eight-year-old child climbed and scaled uh, Donald Trump's wall, or a replica thereof. <laughs> Just come the kids. Uh. So wait, there I was. There I was thinking that you know the reason why it was it was sort of like slatted and had gaps in between was to make it sort of more like aesthetically pleasing. You know, not burzing on the. You're telling me like he's just skimping. Like he does he can't afford to like build a wall where it's like reinforced on both sides, and so, so that's the reason why we've got that wall there. And there I was thinking that oh you know what actually that's not that's not sort of like such a an eyesore like you know you can sort of see through it like let's have the light through and whatever that's, that's what I was thinking not that it, it's just a cheaper way of well, doing it's, it it's, it's a, a cheaper way and he, if you don't rem- if you remember sorry Nibs I'll get to you in just a sec if you don't remember he actually really struggled to get the funding he actually had to um, uh, delegate some funding from the Department of Defense to actually pay for the war because he couldn't get it through Congress there are, there are so many things with that video that that don't really that don't really line up. I mean, I'm sorry sorry to be the devil's advocate here, but if you were to make the top plate section of the wall all connected, that in a way you are right. He's skimping on some on some aspects of it, but if you were to join all of those top plates, it would become one solid piece. Whereas right now, if they're separate entities, if one was to break with the wind, it could just be replaced. But if yeah. if they're all like a chain and they all were to snap. And plus, the reinforcement would have to be twice as deep if they were all connected. I mean, there are a lot of technical things that we probably don't consider. However, <laughs> however, for that girl to scale it, it deems it useless. <laughs> I think I think I, I think of an eight-year-old child who's very adorable, very sweet, can just climb up that wall in a matter of seconds. It is beyond useless. And yeah. <laughs> I've heard from just a little conversation beforehand uh, that we have a few TW3 awards to give out. Now, I hadn't really thought of any until now, but I definitely think the person who designed that wall needs a TW3 <laughs> award this instance. Exactly. Don't you agree? Yeah. yeah, so we'll hand that yeah. one out, I think. All right, guys. Look, we must move on, I think, um, just because we've got an absolutely jam-packed show today. Um, so uh, the one thing I just wanted to quickly talk about, uh, this is kind of my story of the week, is did anyone see David Blaine's Up? <laughs> yeah, I did, yeah. No. <laughs> he... Oh, come on. Right, so if, if you don't know by now uh, and you're listening in, David Blaine basically held on to, and I say held on to, he was attached to them, um, some helium balloons in the style of the film by Pixar, um, Up. And mm-hmm. he floated up to about, uh, this was the great part, he floated up to 24,000, about 950 feet. So he missed out on 25,000 by about 50 feet. Um, and then he um, detached himself from these balloons and uh, free dive or skydived, it's called, isn't it, uh, to the ground. Yeah. Um, opened his parachute at about 7,000 feet, and he did it all for his daughter, who, by the way, I don't find many things in life cute, but that girl, I mean, honestly, that girl is going to have daddy issues, okay? And I'll tell you oh, why. Yeah. No, she is. Because, <laughs> not because, not because her dad's treated her bad, 
but because that mm. guy is so awesome, how the hell is she ever going to meet a man or a husband who can even compare? Do you know what I mean? So are you saying she's she's also bound for devastation in her future life? I mean, what if she found a man who was willing to strap himself to just as many balloons and actually make it to 25,000 feet? <laughs> The possibilities well, are endless here. <laughs> I know, but come on, think about it. I mean, honestly, if you watch it, you will be astounded by, like, uh, she just looks up to him like he is her hero. It is, it's very adorable, but at the same time, I mean, I just think, how could she ever find a boyfriend or husband in later life that <laughs> <Yeah>. will <laughs> ever compare to her dad holding on oh, helium girl. balloons, going up to the level that jumbo jets fly at, and then skydive down, all for her. Just she, he did it for her. That was it. He just did it for her. Yeah, David Blaine like started off with like you know it it was groundbreaking at the time, wasn't it? It was the first sort of like street magic kind of stuff like anyone had really seen. Like and clips were like circulating the web and whatever, and it was like wow, this guy's amazing. And like he slowly just progressed into like people for some reason are still going like wow, it's magic the stuff he does. And he goes no, now he's like just borderline on being like an insane person. Like they, he. The, the the thing he's do, been doing recently on the rounds, I mean, like puts that like that spike through his arm. Like, have you seen that? And everyone's like, "Wow, it's magic!" Is it go? No, like he's literally putting a spike through his arm. Like, that's not. Is that magic? I don't know. Like, what? That, just... that Lawrence and I spoke about this, didn't we, a couple of weeks ago? Because Lawrence brought up the fact that he swallowed frogs and oh yeah, along and they were like, alive. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that one. of water and then vomit. I I can't watch that. I mean, I I've not seen it. I can't watch that. But anyway, I just thought it's pretty awesome what he did with the balloons. And when I first heard about this stunt, I thought, oh, that's not that cool. But actually, yeah. when he did it, it was pretty damn cool. It was really cool. I mean, yeah, I like it now that he's he's just sort of pushing like the what humans the human body do in general, isn't he? Like the whole sort of strange farce he's done, and like he's frozen himself, and he's been underwater for ages and whatever. And and uh, tons of research from what I've heard from his interviews and things goes into this sort of stuff. Like you know, he looks up people that have been reported to do the things in the past, and he sort of like learns how they do it, and like goes. So it's interesting now he's taken a more of a sort of scientific approach yeah he's you know yeah well i i I do agree with that but it was i felt like it kind of shocked in a couple of points because he's got all these world leading experts and i mean they are they're you know some guy has done he said about twenty two thousand or 2000 sky jumps one of the two um and uh, another guy was the world's leading helium balloon expert he's got all these people um and and then honestly what a guy (laughs) We're watching this. No, 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 but seriously, we're watching this. And then he's like asking all these questions like, oh, wait, so how do I use my radio again? Oh, um, so I'm just going to show you the landing zone one more time. Oh, wh- wh- oh yeah, no, I forgot. Where, where am I meant to land? Honestly, David yeah. Blaze, like asking these questions about, and I don't know whether it's an act, but it made you feel uneasy yeah. because he's just like, they're saying things like, oh, and then you've got to do this and this. And he's like, oh, I thought it was in this order that I have to do things. And they're like, no, 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 no. You must do it in this order. Otherwise, but, bad things yeah. will happen. And it's it felt so underprepared. But do you think, like, I'm sure he, like, he must be feeling some of the effects from some of like, the crazy stuff he's he's done in the part don't you think like do you think it's sort of like affecting him a little bit like i i can only think I about think that he's fe- i think he's feeling effects mentally i mean the guy yeah well definitely I'm he not, has he no be... fear factor no fear factor oh, Nibs yeah. i was i was just about to say that if you've tackled all these things and if you've done all this stuff and you think your pain threshold's so big 
then do you think that there's a part of him that might feel invincible? A hundred percent. So basically, mm-hmm. um, I, 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 as you know, I love climbing and um, there's a very famous climber called Alex Honnold. Mm. And um, they put his brain into an MRI machine to basically try and understand his responses to fear. And they found that they were dramatically lower than any other person, like any normal person. And that he didn't actually really have a, a reflex or a response or a, a like a chemical response within his brain to fear. So quite possibly David Blaine has something similar. I would assume that he's maybe trained himself over time. So yes, to answer your question there, Nipsey, I would agree. Anyway, we must move wow. on, I think. Um absolutely nuts isn't it gents um so greg uh yeah i think it's time you put us all out of our um misery and talk to us about gwyneth paltrow's vagina um yeah so along a similar line of thought i suppose absolutely nuts or in this case sort of the the female sort of like nether region um i'm i'm sure you've all heard by now of uh of gwyneth paltrow's uh uh, sort of brand you know health i don't really know what to what to call her company but goop have you guys heard about this no i, have I haven't heard, heard anything yet. about i don't even know who this woman is oh nibs you are in pro- <laughs> wait you know gwyneth paltrow who have you seen uh have you seen iron man recently <laughs> yeah yeah you know you know uh pepper Potts or whatever like tony stark's married to well not married but like you know they have a flirty relationship thing gwyneth paltrow is that lady Oh, she went yeah, out that, like Chris Martin really good looking one. for quite a while. Yeah, damn it. Anyway, so she's got a company now called Goop, right? And a little while back, Nibs, she released. She just started releasing all these sort of like, you know, they're, they're, I mean, fair enough. They're sort of destigmatizing, sort of like female like sexuality and like the female sort of like anatomy and stuff like that. So that's what they're sort of like going for, whatever. But she sort of caught headlines a little while back where she released a candle, and the candle is is called Nibs. This smells like my vagina. So does it it's smell, scented... what, what does it smell like? <laughs> well, so, so... <laughs> well, before, you, before it I can like look at post, I must admit, like if it smells like strawberries, then I can't complain. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I mean, I can tell you the the candle, which actually smells of uh, geranium, citrusy bergamot, and cedar, um, wow. sold out immediately when it went on sale in mid-January. Well, I'm uh, sure it did. Gwyneth says she chose to name the wax creation after her privates because she wants to end the stigma around female sexuality. So, I mean, fair enough in that regard. But um, but it's come to light over the last week that um, uh, during the sort of uh, creative process of uh, creating this, that was like my vagina, um, employees at Goop had to actually smell uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's oh, no. vagina. No, no, so, no um, that's, that's fake news. No, they didn't. That's that, fake news. It's not. Guys, this is this is... This has been confirmed. Is she hiring? <laughs> oh, shut <laughs> up, Nibs. Nibs. I'm so sorry. That, it had to happen. It had to happen. Sorry. I mean, citrusy. What was it? What was the smell? Bergamot. What is bergamot? bergamot. Oh, I love citrusy bergamot. bergamot. Don't worry about what it is. That's that's for next week's episode. I love that stuff. Yeah, bergamot, it's an Italian like spice type thing in bergamot. So, Goop's chief designer and head of merchandising... Uh, uh, we all live and breathe these products. The Goop office is unlike any workplace in the world. You will find staff sitting at their desk with a bunch of needles in their face or wearing a necklace vibrator while discussing which sex toys gave them the best orgasm that weekend. It's the most hilariously wonderful and crazy environment. For the Goop team, smelling Gwyneth's vagina became just another day at the office. <laughs> 
I, d- I don't know how to respond you've, to that. You've got to provide you've got to provide our viewers with with a video of this. It's got to happen. Well, there's <laughs> not going to be a video, Nibs. I don't think there's we a video of it, Nibs. It was Oh, I'm <laughs> sure we can find it on some um, unofficial streaming sites. Um, oh, so, well, I mean, we'll, leave that, we'll just, leave that to I'm, you and Lawrence. <laughs> the one thing I did think about it was that this is just classic in that, you know, it was sort of, everyone was like, I mean, maybe it's just what she wanted, but everyone was sort of up in arms about it, going like, oh, how ridiculous, you know, this smells like my vagina, candle, like, you know, what can she, how can she expect people sold out, like, w- within, you know, a week? It's because, uh, well, yeah, of back, course, back I don't understand, I would have said that would have sold out. I, I must say, what, what she's selling, more or less, and this this seems to be a trend with a lot of, uh, I guess, activists, if I might, if I, if I may, is that, they're not selling a product anymore. They're selling an idea. They are though. Yeah. Like they're they're they're, yeah, they're branding it in a way that is going to appeal to a certain minority or majority, and people are no longer look focusing at what the product is, more like what it stands for. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You, you don't really care about the product you receive. No, not really. The kind of the, you, see, the mood. you can tell you literally it. can tell people. Yeah, I got that. Yeah. Yeah, I did. That's, maybe that's we should. Maybe we it. should re- release a release a line of candles that smells like my buttocks or something like a piss taker <laughs> maybe and i'm sure someone's probably already thought of that and if you go on the web you can yeah. probably buy yeah. it um <laughs> smells like my climbing shoes all right um we will oh. uh we're gonna take a break here i think guys um and then when we come back uh we'll be going to another video um this week so uh, please do get anything in to us you like at podcast at tw3media.co.uk um or you can tweet us instagram us facebook messenger us at tw3media we will be right back after this Do you guys have you guys been catching up a bit? What do you mean? I'm catching up on what? Catching up with each other. Like, do you guys are you guys close to each other or not? No, Greg's um, fucking useless, mate. Yeah, Greg is honestly. I, I he's, am, he's, well, he's, I mean, he's like he's an actual turd because he he you message him and then he just doesn't. Ma- I said to him like three times, "Oh, do you want to go for a drink at your Dom, convenience?" Because we nothing, haven't seen each other changed, in eight months. Dom. Don't don't give me that, Dom. What did you expect? Everyone was well aware, right? When we all worked at Lockside, it was like. Wait, what? Greg's staying out this evening, away. Right? I, I'm just, I'm I happy. I'm a, I'm a hermit I'm and proud. Nip, uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying right? you are, but eight months, Greg, and we haven't had a beer. Guys, <laughs> hang on. If, okay, if I may put it into perspective for you, I think you guys yeah. should both pick up your game, because I am half a world away from you guys, and I would kill for the opportunity to fucking go out and grab a drink with you. So. Oh, you, you guys should, you guys should, you together stuck. make the effort to catch up and have a beer and to freaking yeah. FaceTime me when you do it, bastard. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? I agree. And Nibsy, honestly, I was thinking the other day that I might just move halfway around the world. There's nothing, there's no jobs here in London, mate. It's it's really bad. Mate, but there's anyway. no jobs here in Australia, but we've got we've got plenty of beers, so come on down. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we'll come back. Although I kind of want to put that in the podcast now, so maybe we'll just say that we're already back. <laughs> yeah, uh, all right guys so welcome back uh right uh so i mean i i kind of thought i might have the funniest story of the week but apparently mm. uh i might not have but i'm gonna try anyway so in lincoln city council uh in the united states this man has this to say he it was a very important matter very dear to him oh. <laughs> my name is andrew christensen 
Uh, I live at 1212 Twin Ridge Road. Lincoln has the opportunity to be a social leader in this country. We have been casually ignoring a problem that has gotten so out of control that our children are throwing around names and words without even understanding their true meaning, and treating things as, as though they're normal. I go into nice family restaurants and I see people throwing this name around and pretending as though everything is just fine. I'm talking about boneless chicken wings. <laughs> I propose that we as a city remove the... Excuse me, I'm trying to... Yeah, excuse me. Come on. I propose that we as a city remove the name boneless wings from our menus and from our hearts. These are our reasons why. Number one, nothing about boneless chicken wings actually come from the wing of a chicken. We would be disgusted if a butcher was mislabeling their cuts of meats, but then we go around and pretending as though the breast of the chicken is its wing? Number two, boneless chicken wings are just chicken tenders. Honestly, here, he has a point, isn't it? A boneless chicken wing is just a chicken tender, which already yeah, where everything, everything he said up until now, Dom, I'm like, yeah, fair enough. I know, right? Get, you can't help but agree. Get that lunch laid right now. Yeah, can we, I can agree. We just... Can we just listen to this guy fucking because he's got a bone to pick? Yeah. <laughs> Which are already boneless. I don't go to order boneless tacos. I don't go and order boneless club sandwiches. I don't ask for boneless auto repair. It's just what's expected. And then number three, we need to raise our children better. Our children are raised being afraid of having bones attached to their meat. That's where meat comes from. It grows on bones. We need to teach them that the wing of a chicken is from a chicken, and it's delicious. I propose that we rename boneless wings in the city of Lincoln. We can call them buffalo-style chicken tenders. We can call them wet tenders. We can call them saucy nugs or trash. We can take these steps and show the country that where we stand, and that we understand that we've been living a lie for far too long, and we know it because we feel it in our bones. So that's that uh, for you. Oh, salute, everyone. I, you, this guy should get a TW3 award. But in, in saying that, in saying that, he should get a TW3 award that is sort of like one for being a complete idiot and then another for like actually having a pretty valid point. Why are they called that? I've never <laughs> even true. thought of it. Like it's not a thing here. Nothing's boneless here. Oh, really? No. Well, it was just... <laughs> They're just tenders. <laughs> They're just tenders. Well, I mean, come on. Are you really surprised that the Americans have got this wrong? Are you really surprised? No, because when you think about it, what, what do they, they call... Um, when you're in a car, what do you do? You put your foot on the gas... I mean, come on! Yes. What you're not you're not putting your foot on the gas. You're putting your foot on the accelerator. We yeah, know, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Are, are we really surprised? You know, do you guys no. say do you guys say punch it as well? Like punch, punch it, punch what? No, punch the accelerator. Oh, like, you know, no, hit, hit the gas, no. punch it. Maybe that's no. just a, maybe yeah. that's just Australian Next. slang. Nibs, you've been in London. It's because in Australia you've got room to flip and punch it, and yeah. you know, you're not, not going to hit something, and you're not going to hit something on the road. But in, in yeah, London, right. you say punch it, and you've hit a double-decker bus, a black cab, and someone trying to get across the road. They're just jaywalking wherever they feel like it. That's like very true. That's very true. <laughs> all right, so um, I totally agree there. I think I think we can all agree that he has a point. So Nibsy, um, 
you've been looking into something called robo debt this week have you so i sure have yeah i did a little bit of digging now this was something that came about a few months ago it became quite a quite a talking point over here in australia but as you guys might be aware of we have um for our welfare system we have centrelink that's what like the company is called and now what happens is with welfare obviously if you come under a certain amount of if you sorry if you generate an income under a certain amount then you're entitled to benefits as you guys would have sort of the same same scheme i assume so what happened was the government in 2016 they introduced a ai technology which compared the information that you provided centrelink with the information that you provided the taxation office and what it did was it cross-referenced both the information that you've entered and then it would then make a decision whether you owed Centrelink money if you had been falsifying information or whether you were owed money. Now, before the robot, before the automated service was, was uh, live, if, if I could say that, they were doing 20,000 investigations per year on people using, you know, misleading information or lying about their income. But once they activated the program, it jumped to 20,000 per month. Sorry, per week. Sorry, per week. So it increased dramatically. Now, it did receive a lot of backlash and a lot of people did advocate to have it stopped, but the government never stopped it. And now, I think it was about six months ago, um, a law firm actually opened a class action and which has actually passed in court to the tune of $720 million in repayments to people who have been uh, falsely accused of misleading the system. And that is without damages. That is just the, like the, the amount that has been paid back, which was never actually uh, a debt to begin with. Yeah, yeah. So thanks for that, Nimsy. So yeah, I mean, um, that's really interesting because obviously, as you know, in the UK, we've had um, a debacle, it's probably the only correct oh. way to put it, with the UK exams. You're, you're getting animated. I was ge- uh, yeah, I was going to compare the two because I was reading up on that. Yeah, I was going to yeah. be like, we shouldn't trust of algorithms course. and well, that's I'm why a- I don't want to send our transcripts I'm to the a- AI, about- but... Well, look, I'm about to ask you. So, um, so how how does this compare to the UK exams debacle that you've obviously been reading up on? What what really bugs me and what really what I can't understand is that we live in an age where conglomerates and and corporate giants are using this AI to target people with ads, to target people for jobs, to target people for, yeah. for everything you could possibly want or imagine. But they can't get a basic statistic right, and they can't build, you know, a, a, an AI to compare numbers and to and to cross reference things. I mean, obviously, it's more it's much more technical than I would know, as you know, I work in construction, so I have no idea. But it just baffles me as to why we're trusting these algorithms. I mean, the British school one that was just completely horrendous. Like, if there was ever a failure, that was a failure. Like. You can't you can't generate highest uh, result based on demographic like that. That doesn't make any sense to me. There is a lot of things about robo debt, so it branches off into many things. It's right now it's a class action, and obviously it's been said that 
okay, the system was was faulty, but they haven't actually concluded as to like how how bad it was or what the repercussions of it were. All I know is that that program is no longer running. I'm, look, I'm sure that there are people who would have been affected in, in various ways from it. I mean, once you have a debt that you never created that you now have to repay, even if it comes out of your welfare checks that you still are getting, but they're reduced by 20 or 30% in order for you to repay that debt, it could still have an effect on your livelihood, yes. We'll uh, take a quick break there, I think. Um, if uh, you want anything to get into us, please do email us in at podcast at tw3media.co.uk or you can tweet us, Instagram us, Facebook Messenger us at TW3Media. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back, guys. So to close out the show today, um, we, we, we're not going to look at some good news this week. We're just going to hand out a bunch of TW3 awards. Uh, the boys have been very animated this week about certain things, certain insanities in the world that they need, they feel the need need to be recorded in history. Greg, take it away. So I'm often reluctant to read, you know, a, a, an article sort of word for word and whatever. But if you will uh, excuse me for this one, this is a, this is a this is a good story, I think. Uh, so Italy, flat earthers seek edge of the world but end up on an island off of Sicily. So a couple ended off Ustica. I hope I'm saying that right. After breaking COVID-19 lockdown, a pair of flat earth enthusiasts from northern Italy set sail from Sicily with the intention of reaching the remote island of Lapedusa, which for them represented the edge of the flat world, reports Italian paper. Too bad that the couple, a middle-aged man and woman, undertook the escapade in full lockdown, breaking the strict COVID-19 travel restrictions in place. The story, which has only come into light today, reveals that the hapless pair reached the North Sicilian port of Termini in Meresi, where they sold their car and bought a boat. From here, they set sail for the desired destination, but ended up instead on the island of Ustica, 60 kilometres to the northwest of Palermo, and not remotely near Lampedusa, which is located to the far south of Sicily, near the coast of Tunisia. The disorientated pair arrived in the harbour of Ustica, tired, thirsty and risking shipwreck to the dismay of the local mayor and the coast guard. The funny thing is that they orientated themselves with a compass, an instrument that works on the basis of terrestrial magnetism, a principle that they, as flat earthers, should refuse, Salvatore Zucchici, a doctor at the Maritime Department of the Ministry of Health, told Italian newspaper. After disembarking in Ustica in the midst of the coronavirus epidemic, the two were escorted to Palermo, where they placed in quarantine on board for the boat for 15 days. However, the couple decided to risk a daring escape by sea, which also did not go according to plan. <laughs> being inexperienced seafarers, the two were picked up by the harbour master not far from the coast, despite being at sea for three hours. Escorted back again to the port, the pair then made another attempt to escape, this time ending up in the home of a mythomaniac man who claimed falsely to be coronavirus positive, before they eventually returned home to Veneto by land, to the understandable general relief all around. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, just being flat earthers in the first place, uh, I think someone's <laughs> I, I, I thought as well when they said that, how can you aim for an island which is supposed to be the edge of that? Like, I think you can see you can see other islands f- from from that, from that, you know, from the island. So wh- where where is the end? Like what? What are they talking well, about? I, I think I think we can give them all. Uh, that was story time with Greg. Everyone, uh, we can certainly give them a uh, a TW three award. Give them a warm welcome. Round of applause. Welcome to the crew. 
Nebs, who's your TW3 award going to? Uh, my TW3 award is being given on behalf of all Australians, and I'd like to read you guys a little uh, little uh, something I've written. And um, yeah, so this is now story time with Nibs. Hold on to your hold on to your hats. <laughs> hold on to your socks. Uh, we just feel the need to address a few points. As much as you try and pretend that those opposing your emergency extensions are idiots who don't understand that it doesn't necessarily mean the lockdown extends, it is in fact you who is the idiot. You all know what it means. We just don't trust you. You said we are shutting down for a few weeks to flatten the curve. That was six months ago. You said one in four were not isolating. That was a lie. You say you are following the science, yet you won't show any of it at all. You say social distancing, hygiene and masks work. If they work, why aren't we open now and those things in place? You say masks work against the virus. Why are there hundreds of medical staff, PPE experts, currently isolating because their masks didn't work to protect? You say we are shut down to protect the at-risk. Why is it only the elderly that are dying right now while the young and healthy are confined? You say you're listening to the experts, yet a couple of weeks back you simply didn't agree with over 50 expert doctors and counting who stepped forward to criticise your choices. You say the tests are the important indicator. Your health minister can't answer how some people get positive results without even taking a test. You say the tests are accurate. Then a report from our health officer comes out saying some positive tests can't differentiate between the common cold and COVID. You say the deaths are tragic. Our medical officer then admits he can't even tell us the difference between the from and the with cases from those who died, with many in palliative care already with underlying issues. You say everything we're doing is now necessary, but you haven't been able to articulate any kind of exit plan at any point. You say we're trying to save lives, but you aren't using any of the cost-effective, globally proven treatments available. In fact, you censor any information about them. And with this being said, Daniel Andrews, you have the TW3 award. We are not the idiots. We just, we just no longer trust you, and with good reason. Thank you very Fight much. Fight the power, Nibsy. Fight the power. Crikey, Nibsy. You know, serious shots fired this week, I tell you something. Getting, getting something off your chest there. All right, well, uh, mine's slightly more subtle. It was uh, basically about a US professor uh, who pretended to be black. Um, she was a professor of African studies, um, oh, African-American yeah. studies um, at the University of Washington State, maybe. Uh, but yeah, she was essentially a professor and her own mother outed her. And then she wrote a very long article on Medium, which I can't be bothered to read um, and I can't even find right now, uh, which basically she tries to explain herself and then says she's awful person for pretending to be black. So there you go. That's my TW3. This woman's a bit of an I have, idiot. I, I have so many friends that try to be black all the time and they never have to publicly apologize they're always dropping the n-word and i'm like man if you looked in the mirror you are the whitest kid that's ever embraced this earth and he's like okay. yeah but uh, but on the inside like on the inside i'm black I'm like, okay well, well she can't was, help she was actually telling people that she was from black heritage so oh, okay. <laughs> she wasn't she was from like a white family i don't know uh so yeah anyway all right guys uh we'll have uh we'll, we'll i think we'll call call it quits there um if you want a a little bit of a donald trump uh quote of the week i'm not going to play it for you but there's a great one this week uh which you can find in the description below uh where uh, he basically says that his supporters are doing nothing wrong because they're only firing paintballs.
not bullets at um, the Black Lives Matter protesters. So they're not doing it. It's only paint, is what he said. Oh, uh, so anyway, fine. you can that's listen fine. to that um, down below in the link. I'll put paint? the link in the description. What's that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is it white paint? <laughs> I've no idea. No, I'm pretty sure it was multicolored. But they were they were basically driving around in vans, uh, in in like uh, like cars. Um, and they were just shooting people with paintballs off the back of their um, trucks. Um, so yeah, it was a bit a bit odd, really. Uh, but anyway, we'll leave it there. Um, that was the week that was. Thank you very much for tuning in. Do remember, you can email us in at podcast.tw3media.co.uk or you can tweet us, Facebook us, or Instagram us at tw3media. I am your host, Dominic Clay. This week, I've been joined by Nibsy from Australia. Thank you, guys. And Greg from London. And uh, we will see you on the flip side. Please do stay safe. And we will see you next week. Goodbye. As I said, we'll see you next week about four times. So there we go. See you next Uh, week. See you next week. (laughs) Bye-bye. Hey, Greg, you want to hear something funny that happened to me at work this week while Dom sorts out his shit? <laughs> Please, then. Hit me with it. Mate, we were sitting at the front of this house that we're building. Right. And we were eating takeout, and we had some. I had some hot chips. Mm-hmm. And a crow just happened to, like, waltz in through the front door. Yeah. Casually just hops in. And me being the shit stirrer that I am, I kind of looked up at the crow, and I'm like, do you want a chip, mate? Oh, great. And one of my, one of my work friends is, like, kind of looked at me sort of stupid and gone... I don't think I don't think he wants a chip, man. He's just having a bit of a sticky beak. And then as soon as he as soon as he, <laughs> as soon as he said it, he just had this look of disgust. Nah, he's just having a sticky beak. Oh, I fucking hate myself. <laughs> <laughs>